Welcome to the CISSP Cyber Training Podcast, where we provide you the training and tools you need to pass the CISSP exam the first time. Hi, my name is Sean Gerber, and I'm your host for this action-packed, informative podcast. Join me each week as I provide the information you need to pass the CISSP exam and grow your cybersecurity knowledge. All right, let's get started. Hey, I'm Sean Gerber with CISSP Cyber Training, and I hope you all are having a beautiful day today. Today is, what is it? It is CISSP Question Thursday. And so we are going to be talking about the questions that are tied to the CISSP exam that are the podcast that we talked about on Monday. So the ultimate goal of this podcast is to go over different types of questions that are there that are tied to the domain that we were focused on. In this blast domain on Monday, we talked about domain eight. And so therefore, we are going to be getting into some questions around domain eight. Now, you have access to all of these questions. You can get these through CISSP Cyber Training. If you are one of my paid subscribers, you can get access to the uh, the content itself, all of it, uh, if, if you want it readily and available to you to be able to do it immediately. If you want to go and you can check all this, this podcast out on my podcast area of the website, you also can see the video as well on my blog. So it's all there and available to you from a free standpoint if you want that as well. So all that is at CISSPCybertraining.com. Go check it out. It's a lot of great information for you to help you pass the CISSP exam. Okay, so let's roll into question one. Okay, let's start with question number one. Which of the following is the most critical phase for integrating security in software development lifecycle? That's the SDLC. Again, which of the following is the most critical phase for integrating security in the software development lifecycle? A, requires gathering, or requirements gathering. B, design and architecture. C, coding and implementation. Or D, testing and quality assurance. Again, which of the following is the most critical phase for integrating security in the software development lifecycle? And the answer is B, design architect, design and architecture. Design and architecture is one of the most critical phases when you're dealing with the SDLC environment because it does lay down the foundation for your overall software system and it will be a key factor in determining how you're going to protect it. Question two, which of the following is an example of static application security testing or SAST, S-A-S-T, technique? So what is the SAST technique? So which of the following is a static application security testing technique? A, code review. B, penetration testing. C, fuzz testing. Or D, web application scanning. So which which of the following is an example of static application security testing? And just think of the name, kind of consider that, and that would be a code review. So SAS involves reviewing each of the code sources and, and the compiled application specifically without executing it. This is commonly known as the SAS technique. Question three, in the context of software security, what does the term OWASP stand for? That's O-W-A-S-P, Oscar Whiskey Alpha Sierra Papa. In the context of software security, what does OWASP stand for? Organization for Web Application Security Protocols, Operating System Web Application Security Procedures, Open Web Application Security Project, or the Online Web Application Security Platform. OWASP stands for 
C, Open Web Application Security Project. So this is the OWASP is an online community that's been out there for quite some time and it does provide freely available articles, methodologies, documentation, all the things you would need to understand how to do proper web application scanning. They've got the tools, they've got all of that aspects there for you. They even give you some examples of what you should do and what you should watch out for. So as a security professional, it's a great place to go get resources and to actually point other people within your team to point them in that direction so that they can get access to it as well. So it is OWASP, the Open Web Application Security Project. Question four, in the context of software development, what does the term integrated product team refer to? Okay, so this is something that's called up out in the book and it's, you may not have heard of something like this, but it's called an integrated product team, IPT. What does it refer to? A, a team that only includes developers and testers. B, a team that includes representatives from all stakeholders. C, a team that only includes project managers and developers or D, a team that only includes customers and developers. Okay, so we're looking at an integrated product team, which is a group of people together. And if you haven't heard of it before, it does represent have representatives from all the various stakeholders in creating the overall product. The podcast, we'll talk a little bit about product teams. If you haven't had a chance to listen to that podcast, go back and listen to it. Uh, we'll, we'll cover the product team aspect a little bit. But it does include representatives from all the stakeholders. It includes um, customers, users, developers, testers, project managers, and so forth. So it's an overall integrated process is what it is. And it, it seems to be working very well. I know various places have used it, and it seems to kind of help guide the directions of where things need to go. Question five, which is the software development model emphasizes customer feedback and iterative development? A, the waterfall model. B, the spiral model. V or C, the V model, and D, the Agile model. So question five is, which software development model emphasizes customer feedback in iterative development? And the answer is D, Agile. Agile, if you're looking for iterative, that would be tied to the Agile model. This emphasizes customer feedback and the iterative aspects of it. And again, go back to the podcast on Monday. We talk about each of these different models. Well, not all of them. We talk about some key ones and Agile is one of those that we will get into. Question six, what is the primary difference between Agile and Scrum? Okay, so they're used in many take cases synonymously. They're used together, but they are different. So A, Agile is a methodology while Scrum is a framework. B, Agile is a framework while Scrum is a methodology. C, Agile and Scrum are both the same. Well, I just threw that one out, didn't I? D, Agile is a programming language while Scrum is a methodology. Okay, so what's the difference between Agile and Scrum? It is a, Agile is a methodology and Scrum is a framework. So when you're dealing with this, Agile is the best set of principles for software development under which requirements and solutions evolve because they have these basically sprints. And it's a collaborative effort of self-organizing cross-functional teams, which basically means you have teams together that are working that are maybe don't normally work together. And they then are cross-functional and they work together to create the end goal. The Scrum is a framework which within people can address complex adaptive problems while productively and creatively delivering products at the highest possible value. Lots of big words to say that you utilize Scrum, aspects of Scrum in the Agile framework or the Agile methodology, I should say. Question seven, in the waterfall model, which phase comes immediately after implementation phase? A, verification, B, requirements gathering, C, design, or D, maintenance. In the waterfall model, which phase comes immediately after implementation? And that is A, verification. Verification is where the product is tested and verified, and then it comes immediately after the implementation phase. 
Question eight, which role of the product owner is in the Scrum team? So what is the role of the product owner in a Scrum team? A, to write code for the project. B, to ensure that the team follows the Scrum principles and practices. C, to manage product backlog. Or D, to test the software product. So what is the role of a product owner in the Scrum team? And the answer is C, to manage the product backlog. To manage the backlog, the owner, the product owner is responsible for maximizing the value of the product resulting in the work of the development team. This is how it's done and may, may vary a bit from place to place and organization to organization. But that's the overall goal is that the Scrum uh, product owner is to manage the product backlog. Question nine, which software development model is most suitable for projects with well-defined requirements and no anticipated changes? A, waterfall model, B, spiral model, C, agile model, or D, V model. So again, which software development model is most suited for projects with well-defined requirements and anticipating new specific changes? And that would be the A, the waterfall model. The waterfall model is most suited for projects that are well-defined requirements and they just go sequentially from step to step to step. If you have changes, it really messes up the whole waterfall process. So waterfall model is anticipating new changes. Question 10, in the context of software development, what does sprint refer to in Scrum? A, a type of meeting. B, a type of documentation. C, a time box iteration. Or D, a programming technique. In the context of software development, what does the term sprint refer to in the Scrum? And the answer is C, a time boxed iteration. A time boxed iteration is a period of time during which the specific work has to be completed and made comp ready for review. And so again, that's one of the key factors around it. Question 11, what is the main advantage of using Agile model in software development? A, it has a well-defined phase and documentation. B, it's the most cost-effective model. C, it requires less testing, or D, it allows for changes in project requirements. Again, question 11, what is the main advantage for using the Agile model of software development? And the answer is D, it allows for changes in project requirements. So basically when you have things that come up with the Agile methodology, things change within the project, you have different uh, enhancements that wanna be made, the Agile model is flexible for allowing that. Usually all you would lose if you have something substantial is a sprint, a couple weeks potentially, that you could then address the problem. So it makes it much more flexible. Question 12, in Scrum, who is responsible for managing the Scrum process? A, the product owner. B, the development team. C, the Scrum master. Or D, the stakeholders. So in the Scrum, who is responsible for managing the Scrum process? And the answer is pretty obvious, but it is the Scrum Master. The Scrum Master is the person responsible for promoting the Scrum and defining the Scrum Guide. They're the ones that help everybody understand the theory, the practices, the rules, and the values. If you have a really good Scrum Master, it makes things extremely easy. And I highly, I really do like the Agile and Scrum methodology, but you have to have dedicated individuals to help you as a Scrum Master. Which of the following best describes the principles of least privilege in an Agile team? Again, which of the following best describes the principles of least privilege in an Agile team? A, team members should have full access to all systems and data. B, team members should be given the minimum levels of access necessary to complete their job functions. C, team members should be given temporary access to systems and data. And then team members should be given access to their job title, based on their job title. So again, which is the best principle of least privilege in the Agile teams? 
And the answer obviously is B, right? That you should be given the minimal levels of access necessary to complete their job functions. So this is the ultimate goal is that they complete their job functions and at least privilege helps them with the minimum amount of levels that are necessary to complete their overall job. What is the purpose, primary purpose of the scrum master in a scrum team? Okay, what is the primary purpose of a scrum master in a scrum team? A, to write code for the project. B, to manage the backlog. C, to test product software or the software product. Or D, to ensure the team follows the scrum principles, practices, facilitates meetings, and removes obstacles. Removing obstacles is a key factor. Yeah, I gave it away, I know. D, it is D, right? That's the primary purpose of the scrum master is to, to follow the scrum principles, practices, facilitate meetings, and remove the obstacles. That is one of the main goals of the scrum master is to help those remove those obstacles when things come up, and they do come up. And I've worked as a scrum master multiple times, and it is, it's actually very helpful. If you can be the person that's focused specifically on doing that, it helps the team dramatically. Question 15, in the waterfall model, which phase comes immediately after design phase? A, implementation, B, requirements gathering, C, verification, or D, maintenance. So in the waterfall model, which phase comes immediately after the design phase? And that is A, implementation. The implementation in the waterfall model phase is where developers begin developing or building the software, and it comes immediately after it's been designed. All right, that's all I've got for you today. Again, these are the 15 questions for the CISSP exam studying. Again, these are not questions that are on the exam, just to be clear. These are designed to help guide you in the overall thought process so that you make good choices when you actually have the exam in front of you. That is the purpose of these questions. And they're to make you help you think like what the test is going to be asking for specifically. That's the goal of CISSP cyber training is not to teach you the test. Okay, I, I can't do that. But what I can do is to give you the guidance and direction you need to help so that when you go take the test, you feel confident in your abilities to pass it based on the knowledge that you have. That is the purpose of the CISSP Cyber Training. So head on over to CISSP Cyber Training. I got a lot of great stuff for you. Every month, there's always new stuff. Go check out the blog, all the videos that are there. Go check out my podcast. You can listen to the, the podcast specifically there. Or you can go to iTunes. You can go to any of these other podcast hosting places. All my stuff is out there. Please leave a review. It's also very helpful. Uh, again, if you like what you have, I get a lot of feedback from people saying they really, truly like the training and the ability of what it provides for them on a weekly basis. Because again, it, they just, they're having me help teach them. And that's the ultimate goal is to help teach you so that you can pass the CISSP exam the first time. All right, have a great day and we will catch you on the flip side. See ya. Thanks so much for listening today as it was my pleasure to prep you for the CISSP exam. But are you interested in some free CISSP exam questions? Head on over to cisspquestions.com and sign up to join my email list and you will gain access to 30 free CISSP questions each and every month. That's a total of 360 questions just for signing up with CISSP Cyber Training. You will also gain access to other free resources, so just head on over to freecisspquestions.com or cisspcybertraining.com and sign up today. All right, have a wonderful day, and we'll catch you on the flip side. See you.